yes, a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening to you, however you may be listening and wherever you may be listening. This is the Fulham Focus podcast. We're sort of doing uh, a special one-off because of results that have happened over the past 24 hours. We are coming off the back of our, you know, I, I wouldn't call it miraculous, but let's call it nervy, uh, come back against Sunderland on the Friday night. And also sort of a reaction to what happened today, uh, Saturday, uh, Cardiff uh, beating Hull 2-0, which means that the fight for that second spot and that oh-so-precious place in the Premier League will go down to the final game of the season away at Birmingham and for Cardiff it's the home to Reading. But first, before we get into the subjects, let's introduce who's on the panel and it's just me. And we're also joined by, well, it's not just me, I'm hosting, and then we're joined by, all the way from stateside, it's Don. Don, how are you tonight? I'm good. How you been, man? Good. Uh, no complaints. Um, still still coming off of last night. You know, the nerves are kicking in already for next week. Now, as I said on the WhatsApp group, I'm chewing my nails now so that I won't have to do it next week. You know, I'm not on heart medicine, but I could see myself happen to go see the doctor here very soon oh yeah i i yeah prescription rates in the uk among you know within southwest london are gonna skyrocket this these next few days and and in south wales as well now let's just kick straight off with the sort of uh, recap slash review of the sunderland game uh as i said before 2-1 win we somehow fell behind you know sunderland came with a very decent game plan you know, for all the stick they've got over the over the season, you know, the worst team in the division, as you know, it's been shown. You know, they're, they're bottom for a reason. But they came at us with a decent game plan. You know, sort of coupled with uh, a few errors by us and a few a few slips. You know, and that's something you sort of wanted to start. You wanted to start off slash uh, bring up. You wanted to talk about the pitch and the sort of condition. And, you know, you thought that it was, uh, you know, too wet. So just let's explain a little bit more about that. I, I definitely thought the pitch was just really greasy, very slick. And I've noticed that has been the case in several of our last games. Uh, you know, if you look at the beginning of the game, right away, Tom has a nasty slip. And that allows the Sunderland player to come in and literally knee him into the, like the hip side rib area. And that was scary, you know, because right off the bat, we could have been looking at having to sub Tom off. So, you know, in other games, we've seen Ream slip and that caused us almost to have goals against us. So I definitely think the pitch in these last couple of games has played a huge factor in how, how we perform and how we pass. We're not passing as well. We're not playing as well because we can't dig in and make the clean, neat passes like we normally do. Yeah, it was something that was sort of brought up on uh, one of the on one of the Fulham forums. The mill deliberately did not water the pitch because they thought that with a slip pitch, because there's that uh, happy medium that you've got to get. If it's you know just a little bit of just a little bit of water and the ball sort of slicks all over the place, and if it's too much, then the ball starts uh, slowing down and passes on completely on that. So you've got to get that. So you've got to get that happy medium, and you know mill will didn't water their pitch because they thought it would favour them. And then, as you said, on um, on Friday night, I have no idea whether or not they watered the pitch before uh, beforehand and during half-time. But certainly the fact that it you know started to rain during the game, you could tell that it, it had an effect on the players. There was one uh, one situation in the first half, I can't remember if we were 
uh, already behind or not in the stage. But Ryan Sessegnon was clean through, and you would have expected him to score, but he slipped over. And as you know, as you mentioned, Tom Kearney fell, and you know it was a completely accidental collision by the sum of the player. I don't think we could put any sort of any sort of blame on him. No. But yeah, but the the pitch clearly had an effect. It, you know, Sunderland managed to deal with it well. It and it took us you know, a lot of time to get to get used to it. You're right about uh, uh, Session. If you look at him, he goes for the ball. He just gets his feet, you know, stuck underneath him. I'm sure the pitch had a lot to do with that, and he just falls over. He cannot go through the ball. Sadly, I think he he could have had a good chance of scoring if it hadn't been for the pitch being the way it is. Yeah, and we were, as you said, we were lucky to get uh, Tom Kearney um, out fit. He managed to uh, get through the majority of the game. He uh, he looked more or less. Uh, uh, came through unscathed. Um, but there was sort of one concern, and that was Matt Target. He had to come off early. But that did lead to the uh, Bubakar Kamara substitution. Now, I'll just straight off of that. I didn't think it was the right substitution at the time, personally, because if we were you know, bringing Matt Target up and pushing Ryan Sessegnon back to left back, you know, I thought that would uh, you know hinder our attacking our attacking ability, you know, because Ryan Sessegnon is fantastic running down the wing. So that you took that out and you put uh, Kamara in, but I will, you know, give Slav a hell of a lot of credit. Maybe that's why he's in the job and I'm not bringing Kamara on and pushing Sessegnon to left back was a stroke of genius because you saw the energy that Kamara brought. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I'll just ask you, did you think he made the right decision bringing Kamara on, or do you think, like me, he should have brought, you know, Kalas on and switched either either a Doy or Reem uh, to fin the left back? You know, that, that's a tough call. I want to go back real quick to uh, Target. Yeah. I want to just say, I really hope he's okay because um, he has just been a blessing at left back. So, absolutely, it, it was really sad to see him go down. Really sad to see him getting substituted. I really hope he's back and and well for the Birmingham game. As far as the substitute, you know, that was ballsy. That that took guts. Me personally, I, I'm with you. I probably would have brought Callis on. I would have took a doy, slipped him over to left. That would have allowed Session to keep going forward, uh, you know, and be in the attack more. But you know, that's what Session is. He's supposed to be a left back. So pulling him back, bringing on AK. The energy he brought on, the the the, you know, just passing ability that he does have. A lot of people doesn't see, don't seem to think he does, and the ability that he's pretty much like a second striker to be able to receive the ball, be strong, hold it up for others to join into play. I give kudos to Slab. That that was amazing. That was a great sub. I don't know if I'd have done that one right away, but he made the right call, and I think it made the world a difference in how the game turned out. Yeah, and you know, Abubakar Kamara. I've always sort of pictured him as a number nine, a sort of stocky number nine target man to have, uh, to have up front, similar to like your Jeff Horsfield or your Brian McBride or your Hyder Helgson. You know, a target man up front. But yeah, the way that he came and the way you know, because we haven't seen him all that much this season. I personally have because I haven't been to as many games as I would like as I would like to. You know, I was taken by surprise by Kamara. It's, it's a case of you no, know, where's this been all year? You know. If we if we knew that he had this, you know, would he have been starting more games? Uh, you know, through throughout the season. 
if you look at our bench, it's it's a tough bench, you know. To break into that starting 11 and stay in that starting 11, you've got to make sure you're on top of your game. And we don't know what Slab sees week in or week out. So obviously, Slab sees something in Piazon. I like him. I know a lot of people don't. He's not that super strong track back, you know, get dug in and fight for the ball. But what he does bring is a good passing range. And when he's in the 18 and in the box, he is really good at these quick little one-two give-and-go flicks that just tear apart defenses, you know. So when he brings in Tom Callis and Mitro and Session and all these guys – it can be a thing of beauty in the box. And it a lot of times leads to goals, you know. So I like him for that. AK is a completely different ball of wax. He's stronger. He's not going to be doing the quick little one-twos as much. Uh, he's going to be more, I'm going to take a player on and I'm going to try and push my way through, you know. That's not that different from uh, Metro. The difference between Metro and, and AK is Metro has that killer finish, you know. He just... Somehow he knows exactly where that goal is and he gets that ball off and it's in a one, two, usually kind of touch finish. We don't really see that with any of our other players. So I think AK was a great substitute. He brought a completely different dynamic to the game. I personally would love to see him get more minutes. You know, maybe he's not fully fit and he couldn't do a full 90, but maybe he puts in 60, 70 minutes and then, you know, we're subbing him off or we're putting him in earlier at like the 60 minute mark changing the aspect of the game and looking to kill off a game. Those are my thoughts. I, I'd like to see him get more minutes. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I personally, I, I said on a previous episode of the podcast that, you know, Kamara looks like, I said I said this, you know, sort of, I think it was about February time. Uh, no, it was before before we had Mitrovic. And I said that uh, Kamara, you know, he looked like, he had a, you see, you can see the potential in him. And, you know, whatever division we happen to be in, you know, this is what I was saying at the time, whatever division we happen to be in next year, you know, Kamara looks like a guy that could lead the line next year. He just saw that, you know, just one year too early. You could see what he had. You could see he has potential, but I don't think he's ready to start now. Whereas now, I think he's, I think he's now, you know, able to fight and put in a, you know, put in a bid for a starting position. You know, Lucas Piazon, you know, not necessarily Cessna, but, you know, that's, that's you know, certainly that right-hand side, you know, with Piazon, uh, Ojo still in there, Cabana, whenever he turns up, Ayite. You know, that right that right winger spot is certainly, you know, you've got someone now, really another one up for, up for contention with Kamara. And I, you know, we, we shouldn't really be previewing the Birmingham game at this stage, but I'll just quickly, you know, if we start with the, with the lineup that we, you know, more or less finished with, which is, you know, Kamara on the right-hand side, uh, well, either wing, Piazon on the on the other one, and, you know, should Matt Target not be able to fit Session on a left-back? I'm not as concerned as I would have, you know, as I would have been, you know, if you, just, you know, if we'd have started with that, I'd say, oh, maybe you know, I'm not 100% confident with that, but having now seen this in action somewhat, I'm confident if Matt Target isn't available for Birmingham next week, if we have to put Session on the left back and have those two guys as the wingers, you know, I'd be happy with that. I agree. Absolutely. I, I see nothing wrong with starting AK and, you know, keeping Session as a left back. I don't know the Birmingham players, you know, off the top of my head. I don't know who's their target man or, 
you know, who's going to be coming down that side with Session that he's going to have to defend. But, you know, I think he's more than capable of handling that position and having AK on, like I said, and I, I you know, I agree with you, brings a different dynamics that doesn't trouble me. I am okay with going in with this lineup against Birmingham. I think we'll be just fine. And if, you know, you know if we're not, there are plenty of talent on that bench that we could change things up and try something different. So I have no problems with this lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there a probably sort of wrap up the, the Sutherland game and just say, been a lot of talk about the way Cardiff play and how they have, you know, I'm using I'm using the phrase poo housing their way to result. I'm trademarking that poo housing their way to results throughout the year. But you can see there's there's some element to what we've been doing. There's you know there's some we've had that bit of an, a nasty side to us recently, which I'm happy. I'm happy that we have that, and I was sort of epitomised by Alexander Mitrovic's, you know, with his winner. You know, everyone's criticised, or certainly the Fulham fans criticised Cardiff for only you know only scoring from set pieces. But the fact that it took a it took a set piece for us to win the game, no, because I honestly couldn't see us getting it any other way. Because Sunderland, as I said previously, came with a very good game plan. So I'm glad that we have now that that sort of nasty side to us. It, you know, we probably could have done with it earlier in the season, and it's something that you know that's probably why Mitrovic was brought in. You know, Slav probably thought you know playing you know Johansson had that. Uh, stretch at, at as a false nine, you know. Rui Font as another one. Lucas Piazon as a, another as another sort of central uh, centre forward. But now the fact that we have a big physical body up front, someone with that, I mean, uh, as you mentioned earlier, with a sort of killer streak about him. Yeah, you know, it's just transformed our side, and it's just fantastic. It's just fantastic to see that Mitrovic has bedded in so well. You know, you, you say. Uh a bad side to us or maybe a dirty side to us. I, I don't particularly think we have a dirty side to us. You know, uh, there are times where I really wish we would get more physical. Yeah. Um, dirty is probably the, yeah. Dirty is probably the wrong time, but yes, yeah, right. let's play physical. Yeah. Physical. We'll go I, I'd like to get a lot more physical. If you looked at how Sunderland and these different teams come at us, Cardiff, you know, they come at us really hard. And I've said this in the last podcast for me, it's almost like the Bundesliga style of play where, you know, that philosophy of pressure the ball instantly, you know, uh, within 10 seconds, there's pressure on the ball. Uh, within 10 seconds of you losing the ball, you track back and you put instant pressure and get that ball back. I'd like to see that more where we play harder and, you know, we, we go in faster uh, on the on the ball and put more pressure on it. I think sometimes we like our game where we slow it down and play our pace which works great against teams that, you know, aren't going to come hard at us. But if you're a team like Cardiff, who's well-organized, they're going to come at you hard. A team like, uh, you know, Middlesbrough or the different ones, Sunderland even actually did a great job, I thought. When they start coming at us hard, you can see that we kind of lose our game and we kind of lose our passing shapes and, and we're not passing as well. So between the pitch yesterday and Sunderland, coming at us the way they did to me maybe i'm wrong but sunderland controlled that game in the first half for several minutes you know and that's how they got their goal is i actually think they had better control than we did 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that you sort of you sort of want to touch on as well. You know, you mentioned before we came on air, you had the phrase, uh, play, I was, uh, play I, the I way call you're it, facing. Play the way, play you the face. way you're facing. You just, just touch on that. Just touch on that so, slightly. You know, I, I do a lot of coaching with the youth side here in the States. And one of the things that, you know, you try and teach these kids is to play the way you face. So if my back's to goal and I receive the ball, I'm looking to play it back, you know, into a player who's then going to play it forward. And it's quick passing one, two, keep going. Well, that's what Fulham does a lot of is they play the way they face. The problem with that is every now and then you want to receive that ball and you want to take a quick turn and try and beat your player one V one, throw them off guard, make an attack. I don't feel we do that enough. And I'd like to see that more often. I'd like to see, you know, more confidence on our players to say, okay, I'm going to receive this ball I'm going to dip my shoulder and I'm going to beat this guy 1v1 and I'm either going to do it and I'm going to win and go in for goal or find a better pass or, you know, it's going to fail and that's it. We'll keep playing. I don't think we do this enough. And in order for us, I think, to really step up our game and take it to that next level, especially if we get promoted to the Premier League, we need to start doing this more. Start taking the players on 1v1, not afraid to use our body to get around the player. Play the way we face is fine. You've got to change up your tactics every now and then. Otherwise, I just don't see us getting to the next level of play that we need to be at. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, as a you know, the fact that we're, you know, in a position like this, you know, the fact that we're third uh, with one game to go shows that there, there are still elements of our game that we can improve on. You know, and that all combines the last two things we've been talking about. You know, that physical side and the fact that we, you know, I don't want to say we're scared to take people on, but they're does need to be a little bit more directness to what we're doing as you as you said you know players shouldn't be you know scared to you know take the ball with their back to the midfield and turn you know there, there needs to be that's all brought in as well so, so how many times run. how many times did you scream at one of the players to quit taking too many touches and to just shoot you know yeah i've i've been i've been sort of saying that for a while now you know i'll admit you know I like the way that we play, but I've I've always been I've always been a sort of more physical and a, a more you know, lover of the more physical you know, side of football. You know, I'm not a fan of this whole neat passing along the back, high percentage, you know, high possession stuff. I'm you know I like what we're doing, but I'm not a huge fan of it just because I sort of never have been. That more or less wraps up our sort of Sunderland review. Unless there's anything else you wish to add. No, I, I think the goals were fantastic. You know, oh yes, fantastic. the only thing well I, I will say about the Sunderland game is, uh, you know, for once the refs were on our side. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. we had a few, we had a few decisions. Reem, that was a total PK in the box. Uh, he dug that leg in and he he stuck that guy good. And then the other one was, I do think Metro was slightly offside. You know, so. I, I give Sunderland credit. You know, they, there was some calls against them that they should have gotten. But hey, for once, it went Fulham's way, and I'm going to take it. No complaints. Yeah, absolutely. So that now leads on to topic number two of the evening, and that's our our promotion rivals, and that's Cardiff City, who came in, uh, managed to sneak through a 2-0 win against Hull City today, against a weakened Hull City side. Don't I just as I straight up, did you 
expect anything different from Cardiff today or or indeed from Hull today. You know, Hull have been, I uh, saw the stat, I think it's like 16 goals scored in their last five games. So they've obviously had a you know a free a free scoring patch, but now they're clear of safety. You know, the, well they're clear of they're clear of relegation and are in safety. Obviously, maybe their minds were somewhat on the beach. Did this go as you expected it to go? You know, I'm I'm like all the Fulham fans out there. I wanted it to go Hall's way, but deep in my heart, you know, I, I just knew in the back of my mind Cardiff was going to win this one. Like I said, I really wanted it to go the other way, but I don't. I didn't see Cardiff being able to pull off like uh, what's her name did the game before um, Derby. You know, Derby. Oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. The smash, yeah, the smash and grab, yeah. Brilliant smash and grab, you know. I just didn't see Hall doing that. And I don't really see Redding doing that, sadly. I am totally going to be supporting Redding. I will be shouting at the screen TV for them. Again, I'm worried about that result. I'm trying to stay upbeat, though, for Fulham. I hope that Redding do us a job and, and do us well. But I got a feeling that we're going to be going into the playoffs and not into second spot. Yeah, that's more or less combined the last, you know, two of the three, uh, two of the last three topics there. Yeah, absolutely. I can't see Reading doing anything miraculous. There's always that bit in the back of your mind that thinks maybe the fact that, because here's the thing, Reading don't have to win. They only have to draw to, st- you know, to stay up. I, they own, Yeah, they only have to draw to stay up. So there is that little bit in the back of your mind that just says, maybe they'll, you know, to quote unquote, park the bus and play for a nil and play and pray for and play for a nil nil. That's the only thing you're really sort of hoping for. And then the then the question comes down to, do you think that they'll be able to do it? I, it's hard because I want to say yes, but the fact that they put in such a terrible performance today, you know, the last, last game of the season and you turn up you know, to managerless Ipswich and play like that and just put in an awful performance like that. I don't have much faith in them, but at the same time, we know how crazy this division is. We saw, you know, the five-five, you know, between Hull and Bristol the other week. That get, that result would be perfectly acceptable for us, you know, as would in the, you know, any draw. I, I want to have faith in Reading, but I just, I just simply can't. You know, I'm glancing at the table right now, and if I'm reading this right, one, two, three, they have the third most goals against them right now. So, my confidence in them and being able to park the bus and keep it at a zero zero or if they happen to get one and keep it at one one i just don't think they can do it and, yeah that's what you know, that's what you've got to be really what, disciplined as a team to be able to do that and i just don't see them as that disciplined defensive organized team yeah that's what you're really sort of hoping for is you know reading to maybe capitalize on you know maybe the nerves get to cardiff more than more than ready you know the first five minutes you know a loose a loose ball or you know, someone you know for maybe uh, go back to go back to the pitch. Maybe it rains heavily in Cardiff on Sunday. Someone you know slips, and you know Chris Martin or Sonny Luco gets a tap in for all we know. That's really what you want. Ideally, is Reading to go ahead to go ahead 
well, ideally you want Rangers to go ahead and stay ahead, but if we have to go for a draw, you'd have more faith in them if they somehow managed to get one and then be hard to break down the rest of the game. And, you know, people put Cardiff down because they do play a very physical, um, kind of sit back more, you know, and wait for the counter or, you know, to set pieces in order to score. But the games I've seen them play, they can be very well organized. And if they come into this game with a great attitude that this is it, we're going up, and they're organized, I just see them taking Reading apart. Yeah, I mean, you say that Cardiff Capital, I've been very vocal about this on the podcast. You know, I have zero issue with how God with how Cardiff play. Now I'm I'm more in the results base uh oh, ideology. Yeah, I, I I don't I honestly don't care how you know they've conceded you know they've scored less goals than us by but they've also conceded less. You know, you get the result however you get the result. I really don't care how you do it. So they'll so if so if they get promoted ahead of us, they'll get no complaints out of me about how they about how they play, you know, something that the rest of the Fulham fan base really should, really should take on board. But Cardiff and Reading, there's only, you know, whatever happens there happens there. We really have to just focus on what we're doing and we are away to Birmingham. And I suppose now is as good a time as any to, uh, I suppose, give one final plug to the uh, excellent, excellent work that's going on. Lee and Danny Boy, and they're the only two names I can remember at the moment, but the Fulham to Birmingham walk that is going on in aid of the calm zone, you know, to prevent, uh, you know, a, a charity that's uh, helping to prevent male suicide. The work that they've done, you know, Lee has done it throughout the year. You know, he did the walk to and from uh, the Reading game and just various tweets on social media and the awareness that he's brought to it. He's done a fantastic job. And this is just the culmination of it, you know, the... Uh, the Fulham to Birmingham walk. And I'm sure they will appreciate any, you know, any final donations that you wish to throw their way. I'm sure they will be absolutely glad to have. So are, are you taking bets on, uh, do you think Danny boy is going to need a stretcher or a wheelchair in order to complete this? Um, <laughs> all I've said, I, but I, I don't think Danny boy is going to make it the whole way. I reckon there's going to be something like he'll, start lagging behind you you know these you know you hear these stories about how like marathon winners only do two miles and then get a car the rest of the way i just get this feeling danny's just going to fall behind to say oh i can't go on and then you just see him in a bus the last mile i just think but anyway that's what they're doing you know any donations i'm sure they'll be glad to have um onto the sort of game itself and Birmingham are in exactly the same position as Reading. You know, Birmingham only really need one point to guarantee to guarantee safety, barring, of course, you know, they're a 10 better goal difference than Burton Albion. So barring some incredible result, they really only need the one point to stay up. And my question is, do you think that's going to help us or hurt us? Because they're only going to be playing for a draw. They're likely to be, you know, quote unquote, parking the bus. So is that going to make them? Yeah, it's it's going to be. Is that does that mean it's going to be one way Fulham for the whole ninety minutes until we break them down, or do you see Birmingham, you know, playing for the win and it being a much more a much more open game? No, I, I think Birmingham's going to sit back. They're going to play. You know, everybody behind the ball. They're going to park the bus, and I think it's going to be really difficult for us to break through. 
like I said, unless some of our players are willing to start receiving that ball and taking that player 1v1 more, especially in the box, and getting that quick shot off, okay, uh, other than Mitro, who seems to do it, it's going to take us a while to break them down. You know, if you saw when other teams do that, we are on top of them and we're controlling the, the, the ball and we've got all the possession, but how long does it take us before we get a goal in? You know, it's, it's usually towards the end of the first half if we, if it does, or, you know, it's going into the second half and all of us are like hearts pounding in our chest, you know, ready to just explode because we're not getting enough shots off. So I am worried that they're going to park the bus and hope for a zero, zero finish. I, th- I think that's going to be probably their number one, you know, goal for the evening is just let's keep it at a tie, get our point, be safe. Yeah, and that's you know can only really sort of play into play into our you know I'm gonna you know I'm at Birmingham next week, so I can expect plenty of plenty of shots at goal from the first. And I hope so. Yeah, and you you mentioned about taking about taking players on, and that's something that's missing from our game. Something else that I've seen as a sort of missing from our game, which could prove very useful. Uh, could prove very useful next week. Why why hasn't Tom Kearney been taking long shots? We we had plenty of them last year, you know, most notably Newcastle away and Leeds at home. As do you reckon Slavs told him to, you know, cut that to cut that out, you know, play play the safe pass? Or you know, why why is Tom Kearney cut the long shot out of the game? Because we may need we may need a couple of us next week. Because if they're putting ten men on the eighteen yard line, it's going to be hard to break them down. We're going to need people to take the occasional long shot, similar to what Kevin McDonald did against Millwall last week. I, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I, I doubt that Slav told him to, you know, back off and, and play the safer passes. I, I would really hope he he didn't, because I like seeing, you know, Johansson and McDonald and uh, Tom, you know, taking those chances and and putting up a, a, a ball in the box, you know, that the goalie has got to try and save, you know, and who knows, you know, that maybe the goalie's just not up for it that moment and he spills it and somebody like Sessignon comes in and cleans it up and we get a goal again. So I want to see more of that. I kind of wonder with Tom, if uh, it's a combination of certain things, you know, one, he's kind of taken on like a lot of these other players. He needs to take more touches. He's got to have a better angle. He's got to have more, more open space, you know, Two, maybe he just hasn't got the confidence fully up right now. You know, he he had a really serious injury there that he had to come back from. So, you know, maybe some of that is playing in the back of your mind. You know, uh, confidence is a miracle thing and it can breed more confidence with other players. So while I think the team has got a lot of confidence, individually, I think some of the players are lacking it and they're not using what they their abilities to perform the way they normally should be performing at the top of their game. So I really hope Tom comes out against uh, Birmingham in this next game and starts using that left beautiful foot of his and just puts him in the top corner every chance he gets. So let, let's hope they all do, or they all at least start trying uh, from further back out and not just walking it into the box before we try and take a shot. Yeah, because um, and also depending on how results are going elsewhere, we may we may need to start getting desperate and 
you know, and taking the case on long shot, you know, if they're going to have if they're going to have ten men behind the ball, it's no good, you know, just playing it out wide for whoever the fullbacks and wingers are to put a, to put a ball into to put a ball into Mitrovic every time, because we may we may as well just have a repeat of um, what Dan Byrne did at Old Trafford all those years ago, just put the ball into the cross and head it away. Now, um, assuming the assuming the worst, I think we have to sort of be realistic about this. And, you know, we've said before, we're not confident that Reading will pull off a result against Cardiff, which would, you know, by hook or by, by crook, put us in the playoffs. And if my understanding of the maths is right, and I'm 90% sure it is, but anyone, please feel free to contact me on Twitter and tell me I'm wrong, where there are four possible teams for us to play. Math, mathematically speaking, we've got Millwall, who, again, would need a minor miracle to overcome a nine-goal a goal difference swing and win on the last day to keep Derby County out. So we've got Millwall, Preston North End, Derby County and Middlesbrough are the teams that we would be playing because we're either we're either going up or we're locked into the third position, which would give us a game against the team in sixth. So out of those four, so that's Millwall, we we have to put them in just because mathematically there is still a chance. Millwall, yeah. Preston, Derby, and Middlesbrough. Who do you want to face, and who do you want to avoid? I kind of would like to face Derby if I could. Middlesbrough, you know, they've won their last three games. Preston North End, you know, they they haven't lost in their last four. Millwall would be the other one I think I I wouldn't mind uh, us ending up against because. You know, they tied and then they lost their last two. So if you're looking at current form, I, I personally want either Millwall or Derby. Those are my two I'd, I'd like to have. Yep. Yeah, that's that's funny because, you know, Derby have been the team that I've no on the WhatsApp group. Derby have been the team that everyone seems to want to avoid, mainly because of, you know, the you know, they they did give us a hell of a tough game up at Pride Park. You know, I, I was there, and they very easily could have snatched something at the end. So Derby are a team that could give us a lot of trouble. And you know, during our you know, sort of bad spell at the start of the year, they came to the cottage and again gave a very good performance. So they're a team so, I'd sort of want to avoid. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say Preston, and even though we yeah, haven't had the best performance again another team that gave us a hell of a run um you know we needed a last minute equalizer from a doy from the uh from a goalkeeper error when we played them at home this season and we needed mitrovic you know one of in one of our last minute goals uh when we went when we went up to uh deepdale but i just think looking at the at the four we can play and the three that we can realistically play let's put it like that i think I think it's Preston because Derby and Middlesbrough, I do not want to play a Tony Pulis side twice. You know, we saw how hard it was to get something up at the Riverside when we had that last minute penalty. I do not want to go through that again. So I think of the four that we want to have, I think, and realist of the realistic three, I'm probably going to have to, I'm probably going to have to say Preston. Okay. Okay. They they make me a little nervous. They make me a little nervous just because, like I said, their last four games, they've actually won or tied. And if you look at their last their their last current form, okay, they beat Chef United one zero. 
Uh, they tied Norwich. They beat QPR two to one, and they beat Leeds three to one. So to me, they're kind of on a, a little bit of a form, you know, decent play right now. And I, I hate going up against teams that are having a little bit of luck like that, where they've they've got three or four in a row working for them. I'd rather go up against a team who has had two or three bad results against them personally, and it's kind of in the dumps. You know, uh, they're stuck in the mud and just don't know if they can get out. So me personally, I would rather it end up being um, Millwall, if possible. Yeah, in, in the pylons. The irony of this being, I'm looking at the team, I'd rather play Aston Villa. Of the lot that are up there, there's something about, I don't know why, but I, I'd rather play Aston Villa of the lot of the of the lot that are going to be in the playoffs. There's, there's something about them. I just think, you know, Mitrovic versus John Terry. That's that's just an, that's just an easy <laughs> an easy win for us. And you know, just our style of play, the way that we we tore them apart at Craven Cottage. You're just a true Fulham fan. You just want to see John Terry getting it. You know, hard exactly. and <laughs> exactly. I mean, ironically, you know, we could then we could then play them in the playoff final at Wembley. But you know what? You know, all we've got to do is just play it, play it as it goes. Hopefully, you know, I, I'm confident we'll beat Birmingham. I'm very confident we will. And whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. And as we sort of said, because someone mentioned on the WhatsApp group, you know, what what mentality does Slav want to have going into this? And I think the mentality is play to win. Because, Absolutely. Because the, the worst that happens is we go into the playoffs having won 20 or being undefeated in 25 or we go up either way so you yep. have to play you have to play with that same mentality that we had that we've had and then you know worst comes to the worst it's 25 undefeated worst or in the best case scenario we somehow end up going up play every game to win play as hard as you can and fear no one that that's the only way if we have to go into the playoffs, that's the only way we go in. And if you're looking at it, like I kind of think we're going to end up, if we are in the playoffs, I think we're going to end up against Aston Villa as the final. I, I kind of see that happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. What was that? What was that thing you said? Play to win. What was that stuff you said at the start? Is that, uh, what, you I, tell, I, is that what you tell your youngsters? I, I always tell my kids, we play to win. You play as strong as you can, as hard as you can. And then at the end, you fear no one, never fear anyone, you know, and, and that's one of the things, you know, I would, when I talk to my kids about playing, it's, you know, make the game as simple as possible. And there's a famous coach and I forget the guy who said this, there are only three things you can do in the game. You know, you either pass, you dribble or you shoot. And the third one we want to be doing all the time. And that's what I just want to see us doing is quick passes. If we've got the space, conquer the space, you know, but let's shoot more, a lot more shots on goal and, and don't fear anyone. Just go for it. And if, you know, it doesn't work, fine. Try again. You know, that's all you can keep doing. So I say fear no one. We've got this. We're going all the way one way or another. Uh, so your so your kids pass the whole, you know, let us all have fun stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I coach uh, two different types of teams. I coach one for a school, a uh, competitive school team. And then I coach uh, for a club level, uh, U U14 and U16. And these kids, uh, you know, 
they're all about the win. Um, now, I, I do tell them, you know, why play if you're not having fun? I mean, it's a game. So I do explain to them, no matter what we're doing, we're having fun at all times. And if we're not having fun, then we've got to stop and reevaluate what we're doing. But we're here to play to win, okay? We're not here because we want to get scored against, you know, and be that team that gets beat all the time. We're here to win. So we coach to win. We want to win. Not at any cost, but we want to win. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's a message that, you know, you, know, you use, and I'm pretty sure Slab's using, going to be using it in the dressing room at St. Andrews. And that more or less wraps up uh, this um, special Saturday edition of the Full and Focus podcast. Unless there's any sort of last uh, last ditch notes or last last minute things that you want to add in, you, you know, you brought me back to one thing, and that is what's going to be the starting eleven against Birmingham. And my only one thought that I, I'd leave people with is, if Birmingham's going to park the bus, and we're in that final eighteen constantly trying to break through okay do you bring ak on and let him start or do you bring back in your original starting 11 with pays on and let him work his quick one two touches in the box um which you know hopefully break them down more or do you stick with ak and hope that he's just going to be stronger bully his way i don't want to say bully but push his way through and make something happen. So food for thought. Yeah. Do you go kind of with more, a little bit of a slick passing one, two, or do we go for a stronger person in the box? I personally would just go with, with whichever is, excuse me, which I personally go with whatever is the most attacking style that we can play. You know, if that means having to play, you know, go back to four, two, four or whatever, just whatever gives us the best chance to, get as many goals as we can. That's what I That's what I personally would go for. And that does more or less actually finish uh, this special Saturday edition of the Full and Focus podcast. Remember that you can uh, go on the Full and Focus website for all the fantastic uh, blogs and interviews and Q&As that happen. You know, Danny's doing a fantastic job running the site. There'll be the Opposition Focus coming up on Friday with a very unique twist to it. Come out and w- wait for that. There's a very special twist coming to that. Um, also follow us on Twitter at Fulham underscore focus. And uh, Don, are you on Twitter yourself? I am not a Twitter fan. so uh, Don't, Okay, fair enough. That, that ruins that. I'm holding out as long as I can. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, have you deleted Facebook yet? Are you one of those people? I deleted Facebook a long time ago. Hour ahead of the curve. So Don's not on social media, so I can't really promote. And I'm on Twitter as well, which is at MattReese63. Um, thanks very much for listening. You know, there's only, you know, this is probably going to be the last podcast to go out before the Birmingham game. So uh, whatever happens, it's been a hell of a ride. Let's just hope that it's all positive on the other side. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you.